wanted to follow along in the Bibles, we're in Luke chapter 2. It's on page 1027. No obligation, but if you wanted to, as I say, Luke chapter 2, page 1027. And let me just say a quick prayer as we start. Father God, thank you for your goodness to us, for sending the Lord Jesus, which is what we remember at Christmas time. And as we take a few moments now to meditate on that truth, please would you draw each one of us closer to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if I ask the question, what emotion lies at the heart of our culture's celebration of Christmas? I don't know what comes to mind for you. In 2018, religious or secular, traditional or modern, does any common thread remain that runs through the way that we celebrate the season? I don't know if anything springs to mind for you, but having given it a bit of thought ahead of this, my main thought is hope. Hope that maybe, just maybe, it's not all that bad. Hope that maybe, just maybe, next year will be better than this year. If you listen through the most popular Christmas songs, then it's there again and again. Last Christmas, I gave you my heart. But the very next day, you gave it away. So this Christmas, to save me from tears, I'll give it to someone special. Hope. Band-Aid, and in our world of plenty, we can spread a smile of joy. Hope. John Lennon, a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Let's hope it's a good one, without any fear. And even the Pogues, early on, before they start insulting one another, include these words. I can see a better time where all our dreams come true. It's there in the Christmas films as well, Miracle on 34th Street, Santa Claus, The Santa Claus, Muppet Christmas Carol, The Grinch, Elf, Gremlins, Die Hard. Hope that good might triumph over evil. That Santa Claus, that Kris Kringle will win his court case. That Scrooge will reform before it's too late. That Will Ferrell will win over his naughty list dad that the sequels to Die Hard might be as good as the original. Hope disappointed. But again, hope. Hope that maybe everything isn't so bad after all. Hope that maybe the coming year, the future, might be better than the past. But why would we associate hope with Christmas? For many people, Christmas is far from the most wonderful time of the year. A fact that right now is painfully honest as we read the news, watch the news coming out of Indonesia. But even closer to home, many around us will be afraid or alone this Christmas. And often it is the very heightened expectation of joy and happiness around them that then makes Christmas so lonely. And even for those of us who may be blessed to spend time safe, warm, with enough to eat and with friends and family, Well, sometimes the very hope that Christmas might be the most wonderful time of the year can lead to a crushing disappointment when it's not. Well, in our reading again tonight, we heard that familiar story of the shepherds and the angels. But for those shepherds as well, that first Christmas night, hope would not have been their main emotion as they were out in the fields. For them, it was just another day, another dollar. Same sheep, different day. And then that angels turn up. But even then, it wouldn't have been hope. What they felt first was fear. 
And forget little Bo Peep. Shepherds in those days were tough guys. Think bouncers or construction workers. Guys used to be out all night in all weathers, not scared of anything. And then an angel turns up, and these guys are trembling in their sandals. Why? Well, Luke, our author, our narrator, tells us in verse 9, he says, An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. See, that angel turns up, and we're told the glory of the Lord shone around the shepherds. It is like a portal into heaven. Not a twee Christmas card style, Werther's original, sort of, you know, sentimental glow, but the terrifying, blazing purity, the wonder, the awe, the power of the God who created our universe. I don't know ever when you've probably been out of London, not in London, looked up and you've seen the stars and meditated on what a speck upon a dot, upon a nanomicron we are relative to the size of the universe. Walk through a landscape that feels like a living painting, the colors more real than real. Heard a piece of music or been at a concert so beautiful that it's made you weep. In his book, A Brief History of Time, often described as the most bought, least read book in the world, Stephen Hawking writes this, even if there is only one possible unified theory, it's just a set of rules and equations. What is it that breathes fire into the equations and makes a universe for them to describe? Well, those shepherds 2,000 years ago, on that hill outside Jerusalem, those shepherds, they saw the answer with their own eyes. They saw the one who breathes fire into the equations. They saw the source of all the grandeur, all the beauty, all the wonder, in the universe. They saw the creator of you and of me and of everything that there is. And so no wonder they were terrified. Because God wasn't playing by our rules anymore. We're happy with the idea of a Werther's Originals God sitting up in heaven in a, a saintly glow. But turning up on the hillside where they worked, unannounced, well, that's not playing by our rules anymore, is it? That's scary. See, it may seem like a strange idea. But the scariest thing about Christmas is God coming into the world that he has made. God showing up and getting involved. But if that's right then, if the shepherds had the right emotional response to seeing God, then why does the angel say the next thing that he says, which is this? Do not be afraid. Now note what he doesn't say. He doesn't say, fear not guys, God isn't terrifying. He's just like you and me. He doesn't say, fear not, you're fine as you are. Instead, he says, fear not, because I bring you news that a child has been born so that no one has to fear anymore. A child has been born who really is a reason for hope. Verse 11, today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Whatever you were afraid of, shepherds, job troubles, money troubles, wolf troubles, and now the blazing glory of God in your face. Fear not, because a baby has been born who will end fear forever. He is a saviour. He is the Messiah, God's promised king. He is the Lord. He is God himself. 
that glory shining around the angels, that glory belongs as well to the baby born in the manger. But here then we have two questions. In verse 14, the angels turn up, this choir turns up, and they sing that there is peace on earth for those on whom God's favor rests. And so our question has to be, who is it that God's favor rests on? Is it those shepherds? Is it us? Who is it? And secondly, if this baby is a king, if this baby is God, if these angels are on his side, then how come the baby born in a manger 33 years later ends up dying like a criminal on a cross? Surely he could have just called those angel armies to come and save him. Well, both of those questions are connected. The answer to one is the answer to the other. You see, Jesus' death on a cross was no more a mistake than was his birth in a manger. And his death wasn't ultimately the choice or the victory of his enemies, but rather when it came, it was the plan and the victory of God. You see, the announcement of Jesus' birth caused the heavens to open and angels to sing because those angels had opened a window onto the glory that Jesus had lived in as God in heaven. But although he lived in that glory with God from before creation, and although he lived on earth with nothing to be ashamed of, we said our confession because all of us have things to confess. Jesus had nothing to confess ever. He lived a perfect life. But despite that, he still died in shame and in darkness on a Roman cross. And not because he had done anything wrong to deserve a criminal's death. He had no need for fear before God. But he died on that cross so that if we put our trust in him, then on the day that we die, we can stand before God with no fear. See, Jesus' death was a substitution, an exchange in our place. At the cross, Jesus stood in our place to take the rap for all of our failures, big or small, past and future. See, that really is a reason to be hopeful at Christmas time. That is somewhere we really can put our hope, a hope that sustains, a hope that doesn't disappoint, a hope that lasts through Christmas and into January, our past forgiven and our future secure. That is why the angels told the shepherds, don't fear. That is the good news of which he spoke. And whoever you are, young or old, religious or non-religious, tough like the shepherds or tender and sensitive like Bo Peep, well, Christmas is good news for all of us if we will let it be. God's favor rests on those who welcome the Messiah, the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so I want to say, will you, with the shepherds, take the journey that they took this Christmas time? We normally think it's the wise men who took a journey, but the shepherds' journey too, from fear to faith. They started off terrified, and they ended up in hope. Now, we'd love to help you take that journey. If you're local to the area, in the roads around us, then we've got these Alpha courses uh, coming up, an Alpha course in January. The cards are in your seats. Um, all the information is on the back, so if you'd like to come to one of those, we'd love you to come along. There's a short video, there's a discussion. Those will be happening in January. Details in your seats. Whether you're local or further away, we'd love you to take something away. And at the back, 
There are three of these little booklets. There's a shorter one, a longer one, and one for children. So if you'd like to take one of those away, please do. And of course, we're here every week. You see, many people have taken that same journey that the shepherds took from fear to faith. Fear to start with, perhaps of what it might might mean if they followed Jesus as saviour. Fear of what they might have to change. Fear of what it might mean for their identity. Fear of what friends and family might say if they started calling themselves Christian. But after looking into the message and discovering that not only was it true, but it was wonderful, they also discovered the true hope at the heart of Christmas. And that is our prayer for all of you this evening. And I think it might be time to say a very happy Christmas to all of you from me and from all of us at St. Helens.